introduction part two of the best church hymns by lewis f benson this librivox recording is in the public domain introduction part two what is to-day the standard of the best church hymns we have now reached an understanding as to what may rightly be called the best church hymns we have seen that while every one is at liberty to choose the hymns that are best to him only the church decides which are the best church hymns the church hymn is intended for church use and the best hymns are those which do as a matter of fact fulfil that use those in other words which have won the widest approval and use by the church we have before us a list of the thirty-two best hymns what remains is to examine the characteristics of these hymns so as to gain an answer to the question what is to-day the standard of the best church hymns of these thirty-two hymns only two are of the seventeenth century bishop kin's awake my soul and with the sun and his all praise to thee my god this night of the eighteenth century dr watts leads with five when i survey the wondrous cross our god our help in ages past come let us join our cheerful songs jesus shall reign where'er the sun and there is a land of pure delight charles wesley follows with four jesus lover of my soul hark the herald angels sing christ the lord is risen to-day and lo he comes with clouds descending john newton with two how sweet the name of jesus sounds and glorious things of thee are spoken and these others with one each toplady rock of ages doddridge hark the glad sound the saviour comes Peronet, all hail the power of jesus name cooper god moves in a mysterious way williams guide me o thou great jehovah and cynic children of the heavenly king of the nineteenth century light leads with two abide with me and jesus i my cross have taken and these writers have one each keble son of my soul adams nearer my god to thee heber from greenland's icy mountains montgomery hail to the lord anointed grant o worship the king marriott thou whose almighty word eliot just as i am and the anonymous recast of an older hymn jerusalem my happy home of the nineteenth century also are three versions of latin hymns neil's jerusalem the golden and brief life is here our portion and caswall's jesus the very thought of thee the first thing the reading of this list suggests is the catholicity of the church's judgment for roman anglican independent moravian wesleyan and unitarian alike are allowed to contribute to it the church's unity indeed is foreshadowed in her hymnody one is impressed also with the absence from this list of all recent hymns the latest of them was in print by eighteen fifty one at first this would seem to indicate the judgment of the church that in hymnody the old is better but the fact is rather that a hymn makes its way slowly and naturally it takes a great while for any hymn to attain a use so general and widespread and among so many branches of the church one seeking now the characteristics of these best church hymns we may begin with their lyrical quality they are adapted for setting to music and singing 
with the exception perhaps of watts's jesus shall reign you would choose to sing them rather than to read them we put this lyrical quality first as most naturally to be expected of a hymn but historically it was by no means the first to be insisted upon our fathers began with versions of the psalms which were anything but lyrical and the hymns which succeeded them were often hardly more singable some of these linger yet watts's go preach my gospel is as honest prose as man ever wrote and in the case of a class of hymns such as tis a point i long to know and how sad our state by nature is nothing but an inherited tradition could account for a proposal to sing any one of them gradually with the growth of musical feeling the heavy hymns are being left behind already the church has decided that only lyrics can find a place among the best hymns two we note again the literary excellence of all these hymns no less than eleven of the thirty-two are included by mr palgrave in his very exclusive treasury as literature poetry for poetry's sake and three others by mr steadman in his victorian anthology including nearer my god to thee the faultiest of them all but saved in an art sense by the beauty of its interwoven refrain one other when i survey etc matthew arnold considered the finest hymn in the language and of the remainder representing such writers as wesley watts heber montgomery cooper caswell neal and grant there is none without distinct literary merit analyzing this literary excellence we find that each one has a single theme giving unity to the hymn and a proper development of it giving life and movement to the verses the weaker and less sung verses of jesus lover of my soul being an exception these themes are poetically sound and their treatment is interesting the language is refined and beautiful the images happy with an occasional lapse as in the unfortunate stony griefs of nearer my god to thee and in all and over all that winning grace of simplicity simplicity always stands for much but in a hymn which must have the gift of a quick appeal to many differing minds simplicity stands for fundamentals literary excellence then is a marked common feature of the best hymns this means that the church at large has not accepted a hymn of inferior literary qualities and in view of the advance of general culture it leaves the very comfortable assurance that she never will three we note again that each of these hymns has liturgical propriety both in the subject matter and in the form they keep within the subjects proper to public devotions but within that limit they range freely through the whole sphere of worship now praise is the chief act of worship but it is by no means the only one prayer is an act of worship and the expression of our aspirations is an act of worship these hymns include both the element of praise is not quite absent from any of them perhaps but not many could be classed as technically hymns of praise this fact has its own importance just now for in the reaction from the use of sentimental and egotistical hymns that make much of ourselves and little of god and his christ quite a party has grown up which maintains that the only proper theme of a hymn is the adoration and praise of god 
didactics and invitation supplication and intercession they say are provided for elsewhere in the service and they would return to the definition of st augustine that hymns are the praise of god with song welcome as is the reaction the movement while in the right direction is too radical it needs to be corrected by the verdict of the church and this verdict must settle the liturgical office of a hymn a good hymn is not necessarily a form of pure praise but rather a form of worship and it may take its theme from any of the proper parts of public worship let us go now a little deeper to look for the spiritual qualities which have given these hymns so long a life so universal acceptance these seem especially to be two one of them is reverence and the other is reality four that tone of reverence pervades every one of these hymns it sounds all the way from the majestic heights of watts's our god our help in ages past which celebrates his eternity and unchangeableness to the familiar levels of ken's morning and evening hymns in which the little things of life are brought into that same august presence any one can test this quality of reverence for himself in several ways the most natural way would be to read or sing the hymn over and observe the effect upon himself how that they clothe his own mood with reverence another way more effective if one cared to try it were that of singing any of these hymns to trivial melodies in rapid time and with careless manner but the test is rather that one would not care to do that the quality of the hymn makes the performance irreverent and it is no doubt this quality of reverence which gives to a hymn its hymnic character makes it suitable for use in the church's worship whether it be directly addressed to god or whether it be in the form of praise or of prayer is not the real test of the hymn's fitness but whether it be of the quality of reverence and just here just where the best hymns are strong is where so many of the hymns which are in current evangelistic use begin to fail they fail in other things but they begin to fail at the very foundation for in the worship of god there is no other foundation laid than is already laid in reverence and a hymn may not be so gross as to be irreverent and yet it may lack reverence in conception and in expression and especially in the feelings it tends to excite in those who sing or hear it a hymn may lack reverence but a good hymn cannot lack it the best hymns are thrilled with it through and through five then there is that other of these deeper qualities which are common to all our group the quality of spiritual reality it has two sides one turned outward toward the world of things spiritual the side of truth and one turned inward toward spiritual experience the side of sincerity and only so would god be worshipped in sincerity and in truth a hymn therefore as an acceptable act of worship must be true to facts and must be sincerely spoken by the singers there are untrue hymns and an untrue hymn is no better because the misrepresentations are veiled under poetic diction addison's how are thy servants blessed o lord in the altered form as used in the hymn books and drapers ye christian heralds go proclaim as generally used in the original text are examples of untrue hymns 
and there are many hymns which put into the mouths of an ordinary congregation are quite insincere the hymns for instance which express a desire for immediate death or more generally which say to god things which the singers do not feel or do not believe a congregation will sing such hymns thoughtlessly if they are set to music that is seductive but certainly it is a serious responsibility to place such hymns in the order of worship there are untrue hymns and insincere hymns but the best church hymns as they are now set before us are neither they are marked by spiritual reality they express that is to say spiritual truths which are within the people's apprehension and sound spiritual feelings which are not beyond the experience of the average christian worshipper this is true of them in a very marked degree but are there no exceptions we turn instinctively to the new jerusalem hymns jerusalem the golden and jerusalem my happy home canon kingsley protested against such hymns as unreal but surely it is carrying the manly and robust type of religion pretty far to exclude aspirations after heaven from our christian hymnody it is rather the class of hymns represented by faber's o paradise that are open to such objection it is interesting to compare this recast jerusalem my happy home probably montgomery's with the earlier o mother dear jerusalem on which it is based just to see how the right feeling of the recaster has given reality to what was hardly more than a mood of individualistic transcendentalism having poetic truth rather than congregational fitness this spiritual reality in the substance and not a mere plural form is what makes a hymn congregational which fact has its importance to us who are so often reminded that a good hymn must use the plural forms we us our and not i me mine our list contradicts the dictum many of these hymns use the singular pronouns throughout but they are still the best congregational hymns congregational because they express experiences natural and proper to the average christian and if they express them in an individual form they are all the more true to life for our spiritual experiences also are individual with this last note the answer to our question what is to-day the standard of our best church's hymns seems to be complete these are the five elements which enter into that standard first the lyrical quality second literary excellence third liturgical propriety fourth reverence fifth spiritual reality it was interesting to discover which hymns are the best and if our examination of them is careful and true it is an added gain to know what it is that makes them best the verdict of the church is conclusive but it covers only the hymns old enough to have secured a full and wide trial we are left more to our own judgment in dealing with the great body of more recent hymns and from that very fact arises the advantage in determining the standard of the hymns known to be the best so that we may measure the newer candidates for favor by that same standard End of introduction, part two.